Hello, it is Thursday, November 7th, 2019. I am coming to you live from a hotel room in beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida. It's fucking thick down here, but not as thick as the shit that's in my nose, in my brain, in my throat. We are on week nine of this incredible run, and I have finally caught the travel aids. It's tough, Zito. It is very difficult. I wake up, I feel like my head is in cloud 40. I can't breathe too well. But I'm enjoying the ride. A lot of people saying you shouldn't wear shorts. <laughs> At game day in Memphis, I would like you to know that I had it before then, which means I probably shouldn't have worn shorts even more so. But this is my bed, and now I will literally sleep in it, but not too great because I can't breathe. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by our incredible sponsors, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest uh, ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and... The moon! We might get kicked out of this hotel room for stating that, but it is. It's true. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform because they scan all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for the best tickets. You want to go to a concert? Wham! SeatGeek's got the tickets for you. You want to go to a sporting event like this NBA game we're currently watching, the LA Clippers getting mollywopped by the Milwaukee Bucks? Bang, go to SeatGeek. You want to watch a play? Bang, SeatGeek. If there are tickets available for it, SeatGeek has the best ones for you. And right now, use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Wow. 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 Use promo code MAC for you get $20 off your first order. Whoa! That always draws quite a reaction from people because they think $20 off your first order, there's no way they're doing that. Yes, they are because SeatGeek humans are the best. Utilize SeatGeek right now. It's very simple. All you got to do is double tap, boom, and bang. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek today. Joined by... The most gifted quarterback to ever throw a football. A man who has led his team to seven wins, two losses. A man who's a Super Bowl champion, an all-pro, and with State Farm, an incredibly ph- philanthropic. Oh, yeah. Bingo. Name, nailed it right. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Aaron Rodgers. Got a boy here, Red. Are we live? Are we on? Yeah, we're live on the air right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Hi, Pat. How are you? Hey, Mr. Rogers. Everything's going well. Uh, first of all, I just got all the stats sent to me about what you and State Farm have been able to do for the Calif- uh, California wildfire relief. Incredible work, fine sir. Thank you. Yeah, they've been, you know, a great partner for a long time with, uh, you know, some good commercials. And, and then uh, this last year, obviously, you know, with their neighborhood of good, you know, they are they already do a ton of great stuff, but you know, when I felt compelled to help out, you know, the area I grew up in really, um, you know, they stepped up and donated a million dollars alongside me. And, you know, it's been, uh, it's been tough for those folks up there in Northern California, but I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of great, uh, great people helped by the donations of State Farm and, and some other amazing folks up in the North State and really across the, you know, across Northern California and, and, uh, in the country. So it's been fun to see people come together for, uh, you know, some, some great folks. I mean, the people of Paradise lost their town and, and thousands, 40,000 people were displaced. So there was a great uh, E60 
actually about uh, about the Paradise Football Program recently. I saw that was pretty cool. It kind of highlighted just how devastating uh, of an impact it was. Uh, you know, not just on their football team, and, and but on the people there and the displacement and what their day to day life changed from you know having a home and a place to go to school and a football team and they're in the playoffs to you know, they have no home, they have no football season, they're doing classes in some warehouse, their whole life has changed upside down, these, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old kids trying to figure it out, so it's been, you know, it, it's been cool to see the North State start to rebuild, and two really bad fires in two years has been uh, been tough on those good folks. Yeah, because we see it on the news, the wildfires going, and we see the destruction, then we don't hear about it again. You don't really think about the post-fire uh, life for a lot of people, and you can help out Aaron Rodgers and State Farm right now, helping out California wildfire victims at neighborhoodofgood.com. Incredible stuff that you're doing, giving back to your community. Uh, very lucky to call you a friend, and I think the world is lucky to have you. Now, I'd say best friend, but thank you. Oh, can I say that? I've said it. You already have. You already have. But with you on the phone, it's hard. You're a sensation, by the way. You're going everywhere, man. This is it's been fun to watch. I mean, knowing you for so long now and seeing where you were to where you've come, it's you know, it's a rags to riches story, and I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you. Now, when you followed me on Twitter, it was a couple years back. I was like, oh, my God, the greatest football player of all time just followed me. And then I got a chance to meet you, and you're like this incredibly cool dude. But you don't talk to people much like in the media, so you never get to hear it. So now I get a chance to chat with you every once in a while. And I think what people have misunderstood is that you're like one of the coolest dudes that ever exist. I mean, we see the mustache. We see the costumes in the training camp. And we see you on a football field laughing and having a good time. But I think deep down, and even with this California wildfire stuff, like you're just a good dude who just so happens to have a cannon attached to that right shoulder of yours well sometimes i wish that i was uh, a brand member uh your brand <laughs> you know so i'd get some some videos every now and then because i do enjoy following your reactions to some of these uh you know whether it's a big tackle or a big kick but uh but thanks pat i appreciate that and i'm you know i'm glad the world is finally getting to see the real you i feel like you've been such an enigma for so long you know nobody really knew what pat mcafee was all about and now they do and thursday you- night Anytime on ESPN, podcast, boom, <laughs> NFL versus NBA showdown, boom. Hey, champion, by the way, undefeated in yeah. golf tournaments, no big deal. Hey, ever wear your belt around? Uh, it's right here in the studio still. It's a little yeah. bit heavy, to be honest. You guys made it too nice. I, I, we should have just got like knockoff belts. I'd be able to wear it more because these are like 30-pound belts. Well, that's for the core, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that's incredible. All right, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. Let's leave out this last week, which happens to every good team has a situation other than the 72 Dolphins where you have a little bit of a speed bump game. You called it a piece of humble pie. What did you mean by that? Were you guys, because you were hanging 50 on everybody, looking so damn good. Do you think some people lost focus in there, or what do you think? I, well, I just think it, it was one of those, uh, you know, perfect storms, if you will. We just... Uh, we had a long trip. I don't think we were as dialed in as we we have been in the past. We played a team that didn't their ability and their uh, their focus uh, and their will didn't match their record. Uh, I mean that's a team that won I think twelve games last year. Yep. Uh, it's a good football team. You know, a great veteran quarterback and a lot of pride on both sides of the ball. And they played harder and played smarter and played more focused. And uh, we, you know, kind of took it. Uh, took it on the chin uh, i think you know it can be good for you uh when you take a bad loss like that if you respond 
Um, and hopefully we have the leadership and the uh, the grit to uh, to respond properly. So uh, it just wasn't uh, wasn't a good uh, good trip for us, and, and wasn't uh, wasn't a good game, obviously. And that happens, by the way. This is something that happens with humans. This is the way it goes in the NFL. But there's so quick of a turnaround in the NFL, you can't have pity for you. You just got to move forward. That's what the season is because if you let one loss become two losses, then you're a weaker team than ever. And what the team looked like that you guys had before this Chargers game was a team that looked like you guys were having a blast. I mean, that conversation, that candid convo that NFL Films caught between you and the floor about he wanted six touchdowns and you went out there and got it. And then the Aaron Jones having 45 touchdowns and you not being the main focal point of that offense. What has happened between you and the floor in that offense that has made it really hum this year so far? Well, first to touch on your on your original point, which was a good one. I think the the key, like we talked about yesterday, was you know we can't be uh, a fun loving, happy, dancing, you know, celebrating family. You know, when it uh, when it's going good. You know, we can't be front runners. Those type of teams don't end up achieving greatness at the end of the season. We got to be. A team that sticks together through adversity, and um, I was proud of the responses and the guys that spoke up yesterday, and, and the conversations that were being had, and the positivity moving forward from a tough day. Um, but it has been a lot of fun with Matt. Uh, you know, Matt is uh, personality-wise a little different than me, so it's been fun to, um, you know, to loosen him up a little bit on the sidelines and, and joke with him and see his, you know, relaxed nature come out a little bit. I mean, because he's just such a, a driven driven guy you know he, he's a grinder uh, he's driven to be successful and to win and loves it and um, you know it's been it's been a really good working relationship I think the relationship quarterback the play caller has been really good too and just trying to get on the same page and obviously we were really bad on offense uh, Sunday but um, you know I think we've been we had been really improving uh, every week before last week and we just uh, ran into a team that was uh, that was better than us on Sunday. We just saw a video of you dancing at practice. Great rhythm, by the way. Yeah, thanks for showing that. <laughs> uh, it was hashtag Friday feeling from the Green Bay Packers social media team. This dude's the absolute best. Best friend. He said it. I said friend. He said best friend. Have I said best friend before when he wasn't around? Yes. Did he hear that? Yes. But he confirmed it. Best friend Aaron Rodgers absolutely crushing it. Wait till the second half of this interview, this conversation. Going to get deep with the Aaron Rodge. A-Rodg. A-A-Ron. Rodgers. Most talented quarterback to ever come in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. Without question. Whenever he was doing the promotion for the State Farm Neighborhood of Good, where they're helping people get back on their feet, which is an incredible thing, good guy stuff, he was asked who he wanted to promote with. And he said, I'll go on McAfee's show. I said, what about other shows? He said, ah, let's do McAfee's show first. Let's see what happens. Very thankful for that. If you could send him a tweet or an Instagram saying, hey, Mr. Rogers, I appreciate what you do on the football field. Thanks for coming on the show. We enjoy the conversation immensely. And if you don't enjoy it, I, hey, that's on you. Don't say anything. You do what you need to do. But if you're a person who wants to take care of what you got going on south of the hips, you need to be comfortable down below. Manscaped is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I absolutely love 
what Manscaped does. They have this thing called the Lawnmower 2.0. It's waterproof and skin-safe technology will protect you from nicking your sack. Don't snag your nuts anymore. Back in the day, there used to be a thought that you couldn't trim the reproduction area without a chance of potentially bleeding out. One wrong move and boom, there's blood pouring from your balls because your razor or buzzer or clipper didn't have the proprietary technology that Manscaped has found in the Lawnmower 2.0. It is completely nick and snag free for your nuts. So you can trim the family jewels with the utmost confidence that you will not injure yourself. It's also waterproof. So go ahead and get in the bath, in the shower, do what you need to do and make yourself look better than you've ever looked before. For on-the-go freshness, you also love the Crop Reviver Ball toner spray. It's time to get clean with this Perfect Package 2.0. The Perfect Package 2.0 also includes an anti-chafing performance boxer briefs that keeps your package cool and smelling fresh all damn day. They also have a crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You put deodorant on your armpits, why would you not put it on the smelliest part of your body? The Perfect Package 2.0 kit from Manscaped offers you everything you need to be perfect in between your knees and your hips. Good for your balls. Good for you. Great for Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use code PAT, and get 20% off and free shipping the Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code PAT. What has been, what is the difference between this offense and the offense that you ran for so long of your NFL career? What has been like the biggest difference? Is it like the, the wording of things, the style of things, the strategy? Because this is the first time you've had to learn a brand new offense. And I think it's something as a very intelligent man that you are, you win Jeopardy all the time. You almost looked at it as a challenge and I assume you're enjoying. Yeah, why don't you just answer? Why don't you ask the questions and answer for me, Pat? You, I feel like you're inside my head right now. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the difference of the offenses, though. That is something I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, the difference is it's, it's, uh, it is a brand-new system. Um, I, I think from a schematic standpoint, we do a lot more uh, condensed formations, you know, bunches and stacks, and then motion, uh, you know, on, on a lot of plays. So we're constantly stressing defense on strength and uh, eye discipline. We're in the old offense, you know, we kind of – pride ourselves on beating you with rhythm and timing and winning one-on-one matchups. And we obviously, you know, did that for a number of years. The Devonte Adams comes back. What does he add to your team? Cause you guys had a lot of success without him. And then he comes back and now you get to add another weapon. Now granted chargers game is an anomaly for your offense. Now that you have Devonte Adams back, what does he add at, other than just being an explosive player? Well, he is an explosive player and I think teams have to figure out how they're going to play him. Um, you know, he's progressed every week health-wise. That's the most important thing because, you know, the toe injury is not a – that's not something that uh, just instantly gets better and goes away. I mean, you've seen other star receivers deal with similar injuries, and uh, we're, you know, we're hoping that uh, that he, uh, you know, continues to progress with that and feels comfortable running the entire route tree moving forward. Uh, but he's a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, and we just got to keep finding ways to get him the ball. I think in his, in his absence, we – 
you know, we've found a way to, to win with, um, you know, Alan Lazard and Jake Kumro and Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams out of the backfield making plays, and we got to keep doing those things because those, you know, those were really positive for us and creating matchups uh, in our favor, you know, through uh, formations and, and splits and alignments and uh, good scheme. we got to keep doing that, that kind of stuff and, and allow Devontae to, to seamlessly transition back into being the number one receiver. How about that defense you guys have, man? Immediately after that Bears game week one, I think I've talked to you about this before, you said that the Bears defense is going to give a lot of people fits. They have, but you also said, hey, we got a defense. And uh, it seems like that is something you're incredibly happy about, as you should be, instead of just having to win every game on the offensive side of the ball. It seems like you have a defense that can really do some damage for you guys. Yeah, we do. We do. You know, really like our pass rush. You know, as we saw on Sunday, if you can uh, win with a pass rush uh, of four, you know, you're going to have a pretty good time on defense, and and that's what San Diego was able to do, and that's why they, you know, stymied us most of the day, and that's what I think we can do with our defense, and we have done this season is get after you with a four-man rush and then, you know, be able to cover it up on the back end really well. Obviously, Zedarius and Preston, they're having great um, statistical seasons with their number of sacks they've gotten, but for us it's, it's been more than that. It's been the the leadership they've brought to the to the locker room, and then the fun. I mean, uh, you know, Captain Fun is probably Zadarius Smith. I mean, he is a fun-loving guy, and he's <laughs> he's been a really positive force in our locker room, and much like I'm sure you were in Indy for years, Pat. Hey, that's a big deal. I, I don't think that ever gets the paycheck that it should, but that is a massive. <laughs> Part of being a part of a team is a good locker room guy. I agree. I'm not no no BS. I I, I agree with you. Um, have Have we ever figured out who the hell you were in Game of Thrones? We're still looking. I'm going to watch it a couple more times see if I can see more than a partial face <laughs> shot. But uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that the internet thought you were that guy that couldn't run was one of the most <laughs> disrespectful things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was interesting for sure. Uh, anything outside of football going on? Or is your life just completely football whenever the season starts? No, bro. No, it's balance, my friend. Balance is very important. Have you, you have seen? To have, uh, have to have balance. Uh, I'm always looking for a new scotch to try. So, any recommendations <laughs> from you or the boys? Pass those along. Uh, I forget what it was. I think my friend's dad. Uh, I some would argue he's an alcoholic. I think he's. <laughs> Glenn Fittich is his thing, right? Is that it, Glenn Fittich? It's a single malt scotch so you don't get hungover is what he says. Glenn Fittich? Yes, fantastic. Are you a single malt guy or mixed blend? No, I'm a single. For the same reason he is? Uh, Why is he? Because he's an alcoholic. He doesn't want to be hungover. There's no sugars in it. Not a meeting in the, we're not sitting in a circle. <laughs> Have you seen any movies or watching television? Like, what is a night of balance for you and Danica? You listen to music. She's like super into yoga. I've noticed. Are you like becoming a, a super spiritual guy? What is your life like off the field? Oh, that's definitely spiritual. I love the yoga. Um, Got to watch Jeopardy at six o'clock if I can, or tape it. You know, it's it's a big uh, big part of my day. Um, I'm hooked on documentary now. The IFC show that's on Netflix now with Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, the parody, the you know some famous documentaries. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, trying to get, trying to find another show to get into. Uh, I was into Afterlife with Ricky Gervais for a while. If you're a Ricky Gervais fan, oh, yeah. it's basically him at his finest. Uh, dark, 
uh, comedy, beautiful, uh, much like the British Office. Uh, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. Big, uh, there's a lot of sports going on recently. You know, the World Series finishing up, the Bucks basketball starting up. You know, get off to a fast start with five and two. So, I got enough to to keep busy and. And, you know, we got this season we're going through, too, now. <laughs> I was called a bum because I don't know much about baseball, but I said this Nationals team felt like a team of destiny. Was I dumb for saying that? or did, I mean, it worked out for me, so I see. I've, I call people a genius. But do you think that team of destiny or momentum type thing is a real thing in sports, especially a sport that revolves around one person pitching good? I do, Pat, but I feel like you need to give yourself more credit. You have that voice where you could basically say anything, and with your – inflection and your energy and your delivery it's going to sound great <laughs> uh, the nationals were a team of destiny Aaron. <laughs> tell me why they were are you i didn't know well, you're a big baseball I don't, guy. I mean you already know i didn't know you're a big baseball guy no i did, did you play? i'm not no i'm not i, I can't say I'm a, I'm a huge baseball guy i just i enjoy playoffs yeah i think that's everybody on it. and good stories i think washington had a, had a really good story so uh, yeah. well i was bummed out the brewers got beat but uh Will you live in Will you live in Wisconsin forever? Because I mean, you you're a Brewers fan, you're a Bucks fan. Uh, the Wisconsin team looks up to you. You're a hero. I mean, everywhere you go up there. What is future for Aaron Rodgers? You think back California? Come on, Pat. You know the answer to this. Wisconsin. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I I think I'd love to split time between uh, California and maybe a. Uh, State that doesn't have a 13.2 state income tax when I'm done, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm always going to keep uh, some sort of residence uh, out here because you know I have the ties to the Bucks, obviously, and you know, hopefully I can finish my career here. And the Packers do a great job of making former players, you know, feel really welcome coming back and still being a part of the family, which I've always appreciated since day one when I got to meet. Bart Starr and Max McGee and Fuzzy and Paul Horney and Jerry Kramer and, you know, all the greats over the years. They do a really good job of uh, keeping those guys around and a part of the program and a part of the family. And so, you know, hopefully always be uh, be a part of this family and and, uh, and have a spot out here. Well, I was... I'm, I'm going to live where it's a little warmer. That's probably smart, and you've deserved it. You've worked your ass off, and you've done nothing but perform for the Green Bay Packers. The last time you were on, I mentioned how I got the chance to see you and Brett Favre interact at that golf tournament that we won and beat the hell out of the NBA at, and everybody was kind of mind-blown about that. You and Brett Favre being friends, I assume, is nothing but good for your life and still has been? It's fantastic. It really is. I mean, I love Brett. Uh, I always had a great appreciation for him, but we were caught in the middle of a, you know, a power struggle that, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, broke apart Brett and, and Packers and Brett and myself. And, you know, I, I do give a lot of credit to Maura Mant, who's produced the, uh, SPs and NFL honors over the years. And, and she knows both Brett and I, and, and kind of approached us about, uh, doing something at the honors years ago. And, yeah, that was kind of the beginning of everything coming back together. We had a, we presented an award together, and we had a uh, surprisingly because most of the stuff on stage at award shows is super scripted and fake and doesn't go very well. Agreed. Um, but it was like a, it was a really authentic uh, moment where we didn't really talk about what we were going to do on stage besides reading our lines and then kind of reacting, and we had like a handshake and a you know, some reactions, and that was like the the beginning, I think, for 
for myself and Brett and maybe the fans of like, hey, it's time to let's patch things up. Like it's this is an important relationship for Packer fans moving forward. It was an important relationship for me, and it's been great to have him as a as a really really close friend. He definitely rivals you, know, you and I's friendship, Pat. So you should be a little jealous about that. I'm sure you saw that on the course, but. Um, <laughs> But it's been great to having Brett back in my life, and, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Is it the copper fit? I'll go to CVS right now and buy all of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're funny, man. Aaron, uh, the work you've done with State Farm, not only in the commercials, is very entertaining and enjoyable, but this neighborhood of good raising money for California wildfire victims is amazing. Two million plus counting. You can help out Aaron and State Farm by going to neighborhoodofgood.com and donating. People helping people, that's what it's all about. Aaron, can't wait to watch you and the Packers get back on track. Yeah, big thanks to State Farm and uh, big thanks to you, Pat. Keep up the good work, man. I love the Thursday nights. You're doing a hell of a job changing the way that uh, that we consume sports. So keep up the good work, man. Hey, that means a lot, man. And, and I'll tell you what. One day I'll get to commentate a game you play in. I was there for one. You got hurt <laughs> early. And I will. Uh, I can't wait to see what comes flying out of my mouth because you're magic to watch on the field and you're incredible off the field. Ladies and gentlemen, absolute legend, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, bud. Thanks, bud. Good dude. There's underwear, and then there's Tommy John, the revolutionary clothing brand that's redefined comfort for Americans everywhere, including all of us in his hotel room, packed onto two beds. To put it simply, Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs, fabric, fit, and function. <laughs> that's fucking fantastic. Tommy John obsesses over every little detail and stitch by using proprietary fabrics that perform like nothing you have ever worn before. As a result, Tommy John's men's and women's underwear sport a no-wedgie guarantee, comfortable, stay-put waistbands, and a range of fabrics that are luxuriously soft, feather-light, moisture-wicking, breathable, and designed to move with you, not against you. That means there's no bunching and no riding up. Tommy John is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, you can get a full refund with their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. If you prefer to shop in stores, you can find them in over 1,200 retail locations across the country, including Nordstrom stores nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Give three Fs about your underwear and upgrade with Tommy John today. By the way, shout out to Tommy John getting in Nordstrom. Yeah, let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. That's because their product is so damn good. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Pat for 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn, T-O-M-M-Y-J-O-H-N.com slash Pat for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Pat. TommyJohn, the incredible fabric and underwear company. Not to be confused with the elbow issue with Ben Roethlisberger. TommyJohn.com slash Pat. Told a little story the other day with my friend Rich Eisen. One of my favorite tweets of yours this season, I haven't brought this up to you, uh, was when um, when they showed Rich Rod uh, in the booth. Okay, he's in OC right now. And uh, what, 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 he's on Ole Miss? Is, he, is, he, is that where he is? Is he the OC? Where's, where's Rich yeah. Rod right now at Ole Miss? And they showed him. He got so angry and upset. It was on like a camera. 
And what did you tweet? You tweeted something about like that you've been there or done that. What was that about? That was fantastic. Do you remember that? What you said? Well, that exact that is a Rich Eisen or that's a Rich not Rich Eisen. Yeah. That is a Rich Rodriguez yeah. uh, staple right there. The look away yell. He's so angry. He wants <laughs> to yell so loud, but he has to look down and away from you so he doesn't just project all of his spit on you. And he's so mad. That is something that I've been on the other end of a couple of times. And one that I referred to uh, was that he heard. Five different stories about what happened last night. I had a team camaraderie building barbecue at my house. It was not a party. He told me uh, straight to my face I was not allowed to have any party, so I did not have a party. I had a team camaraderie building barbecue at my house. It started at 8 p.m. It ended at like 2 a.m., but nonetheless, team camaraderie builder. And three of my teammates left that party and got arrested later that evening. So the next morning, I had to go in, and uh, he pulled me into his office, and it was that same reaction from the video you saw of him in the booth, (laughs) punching air, yelling. And he said, I've heard three blank damn stories about what happened last night, and they all start at your mother trucking house. And I, uh, I had to tell him that I have a duplex. You know, uh, I live in a duplex, <laughs> and uh, I was having a barbecue, and the oh, house gosh. is connected to my house. Oh. They were having the party, so mm. I can understand where the confusion is. And uh, <laughs> he made me run the steps of the stadium for two weeks. It was great, <laughs> 6 a.m. stadium. So he did awesome. not accept the, the, the issue of the detail that it couldn't be your house because you actually lived in a duplex. He did not accept that, Pat? Well, he rejected well, that? Well, the issue with this is uh, the fire marshal got called to this party. <laughs> Every police officer in Morgantown was called to this party. They let us have it. So my story did not check out with literally of anybody of authority uh, that had to speak to Rich Rod. So, I mean, I, I thought it was valid, though. It, there were two separate houses that were connected, and sure. uh, I was having the barbecue. They were having the party. But I could easily see how the fire marshal, the chief, and the uh, sheriff would all be confused about that. McAfee here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, man. Uh, That's why I call you America's sweetheart, Pat. That is just fantastic. The old team camaraderie building barbecue. Had to come up with that one on the fly. I'm going to be honest. We had no clue what was going to happen at that party. We thought Rich Rod had got to everybody. Nobody was going to come. Instead, everybody came. Coaches, players, police officers. Felt like the entire town of Morgantown was potentially in the front yard of our duplex. I told everybody to leave, but the other half of the house just kept the party going. And who am I to not partake in a party happening in my front yard? It's the least I could do. We had a blast. Sucks those dudes got arrested, though, I'm going to be honest. Kind of put a black eye on the whole thing. It was actually a a legit party. That was back when the Soldier Boy was popping off. You. Soldier Boy, I'm in this hoe. Watch me crank it, watch me roll. Watch me hit that. uh, Man, oh, now watch me. You. 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 People are doing that on tables in the front yard. I think at one point, two cops had flashlights on two people doing that like it was a spotlight. (laughs) We had a time of our life that night. Best team camaraderie building barbecue I have ever went to in my entire life. Big news. Big, big news was broken on the internet yesterday.
I have added another job. Hey, I have added another go. job. I am not in the booth, which I was not 100% for, because I don't want to be a sideline guy, mostly because I've seen Molly McGrath do it, and it is a lot of work. And you only get a certain number of times on camera, and if you miss it, it's a whole, I mean, you, it's tough to be a side. It's much harder to be a sideline reporter than people could ever imagine just from watching football games, by the way. But instead, I was told that there's this field analyst position in the XFL where I am going to be given unprecedented access in, during games. You might see me in a huddle. You might see me talking to a coach immediately after he makes a terrible decision. Maybe talking to a ref about a call. I guess they're just going to let me roam down there with an open mic and talk to whoever, whenever, about whatever. And I'm assuming that's going to make for pretty good television. I don't know how the game's going to be. I don't know how the, the actual teams are going to be. But I do know me getting to ask a question like, what, what the hell were you thinking there? It's going to make <laughs> for pretty good television, I think. And I'm excited to do it. I'm not sure I'll be there every single week, but it's been worked in there that first week will be there. Let's see how it goes. And I'm assuming that Oliver Luck and the XFL, after my first week on the sideline, they're going to have some questions to ESPN. Why was McAfee in the huddle in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I'm sure you won't have any uh, suggestions hey. to throw in there while you're in that huddle. Hey, you guys have been really doing well with the flea flickers. Let's do maybe a triple pass. <laughs> hey, guys, I just let them know I think they should do a triple pass. Look for some. I mean, it should be interesting, though. I think it's going to be a good time. I've never met the other two people that I'm calling the game with ever in my entire life, so that should be a lot of fun. Who are the other two? I don't know. I don't know. When does that season start? Uh, directly after the Super Bowl. So, oh, nice. I mean, this season, this fall season, has been what we like to call quite a run. And don't worry, though. It's not stopping. <laughs> not stopping at all. I had a lot of questions about a lot of these things. But the beautiful people at ESPN were like, hey, we'll take care of you. And also, we think this position that has been added to the coverage of the game is one that you're going to thrive in. And I was like, all right, maybe. Let's see how it goes. Field analyst. I'm be on the field more than I was when I was punting. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a good time. Sounds like a CIA position or something. <laughs> That's like Elvis. I watched that thing where he wanted to be a field uh, field uh, agent. Field agent. Yeah, he wanted to be an undercover agent. Just don't eat the M Ms. That's from the movie. Obviously, only like 45 <laughs> people saw that movie, so nobody else would really understand that reference. Shout out to Zito, though. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Zito just made a reference to a movie that nobody watched, including himself. I appreciate that. Apparently, the Elvis went and met with the president, President Nixon, President Nixon, under and uh, Nixon um, basically had this set of rules for Elvis, and Elvis's people had this set of rules for Nixon and how he should talk to Elvis and how Elvis is supposed to talk to Nixon. And Elvis just went in there, kicked his feet up on his table, jacked all of his peanut M and M's, and just really. Established alpha status on Nixon immediately. Pretty good little movie, actually. I, I don't remember the name of it. Why he was the king? Just did whatever he wanted. I mean, he ended in a pretty poor fashion. I mean, banana and peanut butter right on the toilet. Mm -hmm. In the movie, they show him emptying a clip on his televisions in his theater. I mean, I think he had a pretty angry life there towards the end. Other than that, pretty good little career, though. Ten fifty one. I'm pumped about that XFL stuff, by the way. I have a feeling it's going to be tough for you to watch that football and not want to strap the pads on and go Ooh. sleep a couple out there. Well, that has been an issue thus far. I mean, I see Jacoby go down. What do I do? I immediately put on the bandana, yep. put on the horseshoe T-shirt, start slinging it around the, the office, blow up a beer can first swing. I mean, I, the arm was feeling good, too. I was taking holes out of the brick there behind the thing. 
I feel like I could really sling it a little bit. Cardio is going to be an issue, though. I mean, I ran to the bathroom here in between breaks, got winded coming back, didn't think we we're going to be able to finish the show. So that's going to be a little bit tough. And I assume that the offensive linemen not great in the XFL. Mm-hmm. So those quarterbacks are going to be getting slammed around. Yeah. I don't know if I'd kick or punt in a league ever again. But if quarterback becomes available and I can run more than 10 yards without dying, <laughs> I might want to get involved. But by the way, with this field analyst thing, I think I'm going to be basically playing quarterback. I'm going to be right behind the guy, you know. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the guidelines that they have for me, what I'm allowed and what I'm not allowed to if do. If you intercept the ball. Oh, my God. What if I bat one down? Not a big. What if I'm sprinting next to him like Tyreek Hill was to that oh, guy? Oh, my pat. God. Here we go. A little pat on the ass. Come Am on, I buddy. wearing cleats out there? Like, I think, we, you think you have to. We're, we're designing the, like, we'll design, like, a pair of uh, J's, but we'll put cleats on the bottom. My suit will be full on, like, adaptable. I'll probably Flex fit. Wear, yeah, flex fit. Now, granted, these games are happening in very cold conditions. <laughs> I mean, this is in February and March here. Some of the teams are based in, like, New York and other places. It's going to be cold as hell out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That means I'm going to have to move more. So look for me to stay active. <laughs> I'm going to start doing jumping jacks on a daily basis so I don't die on the air down there. But they're saying I get unprecedented access. I'm ready to go. Should be good. I mean, I, I tell you what. The D.C. defenders, they, they might as well not even play the league this year because D.C. is going to go undefeated. They're going to win the whole damn thing. I've looked at a little tape. That's my team for this year. You got, you're, in, you're, in, you're in for a treat. There's going to be some good football there. Who's the coach there, Pep? DC defense. Uh, incidentally, I do not know who the coach is. <laughs> Whatever team Connor Cook is on, book it. Hammer him. He's the face of the XFL right now. I think I'm the face of the XFL. <laughs> I, I think we might as well just start calling it for what it is. This field analyst position is a brand new position in football. It's in a brand new league. Let's assume I'm going to have a good opening week. Oh, you and Trent Richardson are going to get a chance to hash it out on the field. Trent Richardson and I have no problems. I just wish he played football better for the Colts. Yeah, but now you can tell him when to zig instead of zagging. I'll be like, hey, Trent, what up, man? Hey, this next time, whatever you're feeling, fade yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that with gambling, I think. I'm going to start doing that with gambling, I think. I'm going to be like, hey, go this way. No, let's go the other way. I think I'm going to have to. That should be a blast. I honestly have no clue what they're going to allow me to do. Whenever I started rambling off all those things on the show about what they're going to let me do, I was not told any of that. I'm just kind of letting it all out there to see what they say. Uh, You know everything you just said you can't do. Instead, the XFL tweeted it out. (laughs) So anything else you guys are looking for me to do, let's go ahead and let it fly. I really do think they want to reimagine the football broadcast, which I respect and appreciate. And I'm pumped to get out there. I'm pumped to get in the mix. I'm pumped to ask questions that we haven't been able to ask in the past. Speaking of asking questions, these rankings are a bunch of bullshit. I do believe that these college football playoff rankings are only put out for people like us, for people that have shows, so that they can generate conversation about college football. Because right now, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year? Who knows what team's going to show up and what team isn't going to show up? But right now, to generate conversation and to generate buzz, the College Football Playoff Committee put out their first official first four in. They are as follows. In fourth place, hailing from State College, Pennsylvania, Penn State, who take on the Minnesota Roosevelt Gophers this weekend. P.J. Fleck just signed a seven-year extension, Mm -hmm. probably worth millions and millions of dollars, and I couldn't even fathom what the buyout is. 
They just signed him because the FSU job just opened up. The SC job is supposed to open up. Potentially Notre Dame job is going to open up. If you're a guy who's had success everywhere you go, you lead to go first to an undefeated start. That AD knows that these schools that have big old pockets are probably going to try to come get old Sky U Ma, PJ Fleck. Necton mentality. Mm-hmm. Always hungry, never full. Wanting more. Motivational speaker, PJ Fleck. By the way, comes on our show, gets a seven-year contract extension. Just goes to show you. I mean, that thing's probably worth $30 million. At least. Give or take. That thing's probably worth $50 million. I was going to say, I, I would guess he's probably making what? To stay there, like, at least 4 to $5 million a year? Probably $5 million a year? Seven times five, quick math, 35 Probably $40 million. The buyout's probably $20 million, like old Willie Taggart had down there at FSU. Mm-hmm. These college coaches are in a good spot. If you're a good coach, you're in a good spot because this college football landscape never is settled unless you are a big dog. Speaking of big dogs, number three, Alabama. Nick Saban's Alabama squad. Is it number three right now? Is that potentially because we don't know what's up with Tua's ankle? Do we not know how Tua will hold up for the rest of the year? Why is Alabama at number three? Nobody knows. Number two, down there in the bayou. Coach O and the boys. Brand new offense. Been able to slice and dice teams. No more are we the team that's just going to pound you to death on offense and then suffocate you on defense. The LSU Tigers are now a team that takes it to other teams with Joe Burrow lighting it up. Potential Heisman winner, number two team LSU. And the number one rated team by the College Football Playoff Committee, who I got to hear a few of them speak at the College Football Orientation Program that ESPN put on. Couple older whites talking. Older <laughs> whites. Ohio State. The Ohio State. Number one team in the land, which is interesting because Urban Meyer's name is such a hot commodity in this coaching world. He leaves and their team gets better somehow. And the reason why, I believe, is because Chase Young on the defensive side, a lot of people are arguing he's the best player in all of college football. Mm-hmm. And then you talk to people who are in the know, who know things about stuff, especially this type of stuff. Guy from the Elite 11 camp and has been around, knows all the quarterbacks. He says Justin Fields is the best quarterback in the country, and it's not even close. I'm like, wait a minute. More than that Air Bear kid over in Oregon is supposed to get drafted first? Better than him. I'm like, what about Joe? Burrow, better than him. Justin Fields, I guess, is the truth. So when you have the best player on offense on one team and the best player on defense on the same team, that makes sense that they're number one, that they're up there in there. But if you're Clemson and you're the Tiger fans, you're like, hey, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on? Is Dabo Swinney still our coach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Trevor Lawrence in that main still taking snaps for us? Yeah. Did he start out a little rocky? Yeah. Yeah, he won a national championship as a freshman, took over the world. Of course he's going to have a little bit of an offseason of fun, away from his parents for the first time, away from quarterback camps for the first time, away from quarterback counselors for the first time. No matter how humble you are, when you're on top of the world as an 18-year-old, it's probably going to be a little bit difficult not to look around and smell a little bit. It is, Mm -hmm. it's true. So he stumbled out the gate a little bit. And by stumble, they still won. I think he still threw like 18 touchdowns or something like that, or 100 touchdowns in the first week. He just threw a couple picks. They didn't look great. They struggled against UNC. So now Clemson falls out of the top four. And if you're a Tiger fan, you're like, what the hell is going on here? But everybody knows that at the end of the season, Clemson's going to continue to roll, continue to roll, and they'll be in it at the end. It's almost like the college football playoff committee did this strictly so I would say that Clemson deserves to be in there so that everybody would talk up Clemson, who's the reigning national champion. It's kind of a smart move, which leads me to the next point. Is this list all BS? <laughs> Without a doubt. 
is this just a complete is this just complete BS and mean absolutely nothing? Are you telling me that I'm talking about something that means nothing? Sure feels like it. Because who cares? What if Ohio State goes out there and loses the next four games? Well, well that's what I saw at least eight teams, I think, still control their own destiny, and if they win out, they could get in. So yeah. LSU and Alabama play each other, what, this weekend, and then Penn State and Ohio State are going to play in, what, two or three weeks? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be completely different. So right now, what we are reading is a list of who the best teams in the country are from a group of people we don't know who they are. So an anonymous group of humans who are in a very powerful position, released a list of their best teams in the country, and this is them. So I guess we got to talk about it, because those said people are the ones that picked the four playoffs at the end. So now at least we get a chance to see inside their brain to see which way they're leaning, who they're looking at. Obviously, they like the Big Ten a lot, and they like the SEC, which everybody's going to know. And since I've got a chance to call those Thursday night games, I've gotten a chance to kind of bebop around the country and chat with coaches, and the conversation always turns towards the playoffs. Always. And when I sat down with David Shaw, Stanford, and it wasn't just me, it was the whole crew, we asked him about it, and Stanford used to be a very prominent, prominent program. Heisman winners, a lot of NFL players, but they're in the Pac-12, which is kind of a victim of the East Coast bias over there. And we asked him about the playoffs and what they should do, and he said, well, he thinks there's a pretty easy answer, and I agree with him. The NFL play or the NCAA football uh, playoffs should be eight teams. Everybody knows this. Should be the champions from the Power Five conferences. So let's make the championships in the actual conference play mean something. Even if a team loses early, they still have a chance to win their championship of their league. They should get in. Let's take the five champions from the Power Five leagues. Just makes too much sense. And then the last three spots, those are at large bids. So if another UCF comes through and just wins like 75 games in a row, but they never get a chance to play against anybody because they didn't know that they were going to be that good whenever they were scheduling games for the next four years, give them an at-large bid. If Georgia, who struggled against South Carolina early in the season, can continue to get hot, put them in there. If Minnesota goes on and dominates all year, and loses in the Big Ten Championship against a team that's already in the playoff, why not give it to them? What about the Baylor Bears who are currently undefeated? They'd be in there because of the Big 12 Championship, but what if Oklahoma wins and they're in there? Then let that committee debate on who the three at large are. Let the conferences decide who the five are, and then whammy, everybody's happy. We got more games. We got more money. We got more opportunity for schools that think that they should have opportunities, like the Pac-12 schools, which they should, by the way. It just... It simplifies everything, and everything makes sense. College football's big thing is every game matters. And I guess that's accurate, but I think a much more accurate statement would be every game matters until you lose your first one. (laughs) (laughs) Until you lose your first one. And then once you lose your first one, see you later. You're probably not going to be in the college football playoff conversation if you're not in the SEC or not in the Big Ten. If you're in any other conference other than those, once you lose one game, sayonara. Your team might as well not even exist. That hurts attendance. That hurts everything. That hurts ratings. Whenever people are like, oh, this game doesn't really matter. And back in the day, by the way, Fiesta Bowl, I got a chance to win one of those with the team I was on. Awesome. Sugar Bowl, I got the chance to win one of those back in the day. Awesome. All these bowl games that used to be so revered, they mean nothing anymore. Nothing. People don't even play in them. Nothing matters anymore other than the college football playoff. 
So to act as if every game matters. Now, granted, they're still getting a stipend. The kids are still getting an extra two weeks of practice to get better for the next season. Yes, they get another chance to play football and play football and represent their school. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Like Fiesta Bowl Championship, whenever whenever we won that, a BCS was a big deal. Huge deal. BCS was a huge deal. Now, granted, the BCS only happened because the NCAA sold its rights to declare a champion to the BCS. Right, so we had a BCS champion, and you have the Such BCS a Bulls. Wild maneuver. They did that. So you'd go to the NCAA Hall of Fame, and they would have the D1 AA champion as their champion because they sold their rights to declare a champion. <laughs> so that is just a hilarious thing. But everybody wanted a playoff. I was on a team, by the way, that wanted a playoff bad, bad, bad. Our West Virginia team in the Big East Conference was not given a lot of love. We won a lot of games. We were dominant a lot. And if we had this eight-school thing, I think we would have gotten that large bid. I think we would have been able to sneak in and made something play. But there's a lot of teams that are still suffering from that right now. Yes, the four game was better than what it used to be. And I think that's kind of their thing. Well, do you want to go back to the BCS? No. Everybody hated the BCS. I mean, I love the mountain bike I got for playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting a chance to go to Atlanta and Scottsdale and Charlotte. In Jacksonville with the team to play in a bowl game and to win them. I love those opportunities, but in the grand scheme of things, if we're going to talk for real, none of those games matter other than the playoff game. And if you lose one game, you're out of the big-time conversation. David Shaw referenced the USC team from a couple years ago. They lost early to Alabama. I guess they just got trampled. Then they bring in Sam Darnold to play quarterback, and they didn't lose again. But since they lost Alabama early, their name, because they were in a Pac-12, was basically thrown out. But if they would have got in, that team would have beat anybody. And that's just the way it goes if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten. If you lose a game, you're out of conversation. Every game matters until you lose one. And I think there's a lot of those stories around college football. I think there's a lot of people that probably agree with me. I think the only people that don't agree with me are probably Alabama, LSU. Right. Big-name schools. The old guards. So the old speak. guards, which, by the way, congrats to them. The ability to stay on top for that long is not easy. It's just like the Patriots. It's very hard to do that. But I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of on the outside. They're like, hey, we want to take a swing at these dudes. We want to take a swing at Saban. Now, granted, anytime you swing at something that big, there's a chance you might eat a couple right in the face. There's a chance for a couple buzzsaw blowouts in these playoff games. But that happens in the NFL playoffs. That happens in every form of playoffs. In high school, you play playoffs. In Little League, you play playoffs. In the NFL, you play playoffs, but in college, it's just four-game, four-team playoff. It's like, come on. They say, well, they don't want them to go an extra week or whatever. We'll start the season a week earlier. Mm -hmm. Easy. Easy peasy. And let's just move forward and make college football what it truly is, not only the best environment, but the best football product that could possibly be. Sounds good to me. I'm pretty happy we just fixed that. (laughs) It was the least we could do. I mean, college football, I'm now a voice of it. Thursday Night Football, by the way. That's why we're in Tampa. Who's this? This is uh, The Rednecks on Broadway by Dave James. Whoa. I think The Rednecks on Broadway would agree with me, though, with college football. Without a doubt. I think everybody would. All right. If you have anything to say to me, tweet me. We can't take calls because we're in the back of a box truck. Uh, Tweet me. Tell me your thoughts. I will hope. Maybe I'll. You know, I'm either right or I learn. If you're right, I'm open-minded. I don't stick by things. Unless I'm right. (laughs) Unless I'm right. If I'm right, I will stick with it. I view that in everything, by the way. If I feel a certain way, 
And I'm right. We're going with it. I don't care what anybody else has to say. <laughs> but if you have something that's better than me, I'll go, huh, fair play. Let's do that and keep it moving. So if you tweet me something that's better than the eight-game playoff, I think Harbaugh drew up some 11-game playoff or something in an Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> which I enjoy a lot. I like the thought that it generates so much buzz. Because imagine if Clemson didn't get in, being undefeated, being the national champion last year. Right. Be like, what the hell are we doing? Well, then that also changes the entire dynamic of the season. Why schedule a good team at the start? Why not play like a 1AA school and just beat the hell out of them? There's no reason to go play Alabama other than you're making money. Well, then it's hard for teams that are smaller to schedule good games. Right. So like our West Virginia team, there were teams that didn't want to play us, so we couldn't get them. Because of what could potentially happen early in the year. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like a very difficult thing to do. Athletic directors got to get to work. The NFL ratings, each week, whenever they come out, I guess the internet enjoys listening to me break these down. They do. These things do well on the internet. So I'm going to give it a go right now. And I don't care what you think at home. These are my opinions. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. The number one. Should I go 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. All right. In 10th place. The home team for Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, who started out like dog grumpy, have all of a sudden started to play good football. I think they had a bye week last week. Nobody knows if they got better or worse, but let's assume that McVay, the young whiz kid, is going to figure something out. Last year, they were in the Super Bowl. The beginning of this year, everybody was like, what has happened over there? They trade Aqib Tlaib out. Aqib Tlaib, hilarious interview on Colin Cowherd yesterday, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for Aqib Tlaib to do more media if he doesn't go and play for the Dolphins, which he said, by the way, if they're trading for me and they want me to play, I'll play for him. Aqib Tlaib was very cool. But the Los Angeles Rams bring in Jalen Ramsey, a guy who can go on an island if you need him. Maybe... Maybe reboots that entire team in a confidence level, in the con level of <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams. Well said. Number nine, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. Got a pulled hammy. Will he come back? We don't know. Maybe rest it so he doesn't get in a game and then out of a game where you have him in a game plan, then he can't use him. That seemed to be a problem for them last week. Although Kirk Cousins and a Minnesota Vikings offense seemed to be good all the way up until this past week, was it just a little stumble and a fall? We'll find out going forward. Number ninth ranked team. Number eight, a man who thought he lost his eyeball, then threw a touchdown two weeks ago, took a trip to England, and took a Jaguars team straight to hell. A balled-out Deshaun Watson quarterback in the Houston Texans are now the number eighth-ranked team in the NFL, according to ESPN. Green Bay Packers at number seven. A little piece of humble pie this weekend. Aaron Rodgers came on our show yesterday, said he loved the way the team bounced back after the loss. An NFL season is too quick. You can't mope over losses or one loss becomes two, two becomes three. Aaron Rodgers said some things after the game like, hey, our preparation wasn't the greatest. We needed to do this. We needed this game. Keep it moving. Here we are now on Wednesday. Talked to him on Tuesday. He said he likes the way the teams responded. I feel like the Green Bay Packers are going to get right back. Back in on the right foot, and I think Devontae Adams is going to become a weapon for them as he transitions back into that offense nicely. The defense, very, very good still. They even proved that this past week. Go ahead, Ty. They need to be. They need to know how to stop the run. That's the uh, they get down the stretch here. They're going to be challenged, and they got to be able to stop the run. And Ty Schmidt is an owner of the Packers. To win late in December and in the playoffs, there's two key rules that basically everybody lives by. you got to be able to run the ball, and you got to be able to stop the run. 
If the Packers can't stop the run, will that be doom for them later on in the season? Or will Aaron Rodgers be able to keep up with any team no matter what? He's going to have to, it sounds like. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks, who just added Josh Gordon. Unbelievable football being played right now by Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and the entire Seahawks gang. They don't play great defense, so it's always a shootout. Look for backdoor covers against the Seattle Seahawks for the rest of the year. But now they got Josh Gordon, who I assume is only going to open things up even more for Russell Wilson. Look for Russell Wilson to win the MVP if it's not Aaron Rodgers. Number five, Kansas City Chiefs. I have no clue why this is happening. I guess it's all because of potential and what they could potentially be, how they could potentially play. Yes, they are loaded from top to bottom. Their defense is playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the season. They're getting Patrick Mahomes back. They have all their weapons, and Andy Reid is still their head coach, but they've lost games with Patrick Mahomes playing. I don't know why they're still ranked this high, but I will tell you this. Anytime they're on television, I'm going to tune in. I'm going to watch. I do hope that they make an extended stay in the playoffs strictly for that reason and that reason alone. Number four, the Baltimore Ravens. This Lamar Jackson-led team that has the ability to do things that no other team can do. They have three tight end sets with Hollywood Brown in there. They go with a pistol and two backs next to them. That offensive line says, hey, you want to talk about every other offensive line that's cool with us? We got Yonda, who everybody says is the best offensive lineman in history, and we got a quarterback that can make people miss. He's a mixture of Le'Veon Bell, Michael Vick, and he can throw the ball a little bit. I like the way Lamar Jackson plays football. I think what he has, you can't coach, which means it's hard to coach against, because whenever you're coaching against Against an offense, what you're trying to look for is tendencies and what they're supposed to do. Lamar Jackson debunks all of that. He does whatever the hell Lamar Jackson wants to do. They go as he goes. Let's just hope he doesn't go down from a big-time shot at any given point. Looks like he's been able to handle that type of stuff before. Who knows? It's the National Football League. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. Welcome back, Drew Brees. Gives a motivational speech to uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Refuses to talk to the punters and kickers. Hmm. Do I hate him for that? No. Punters and kickers motivate themselves. They don't need any outside forces to come in and make them feel ready for a game. But I like Drew Brees. I like his atmosphere. I like his energy. I like what he does. And anytime you get to play Don Aaron or Superdome, it is awesome. I mean, it is an incredible place. And that Saints team, whenever Teddy Bridgewater was in, learned that they can win without Drew Brees' arm. They learned that Latavius Murray can win a game for you. They learned that the offensive line is good. They learned that the defense can play. That only juices them up going further look for the new orleans saints to be good and probably end in a terribly heartbreaking manner (laughs) like the last two years the minneapolis miracle then the phantom no pass interference call that changed the game of football completely by the way number two team new england patriots lose to the ravens pretty bad 37 20 still ranked number two strictly because they're the new england patriots and you should show them that type of respect let's assume that the afc runs through the new england patriots until the new england patriots say hey it doesn't run through us anymore they have a pretty tough upcoming schedule the new england patriots could potentially lose a couple games but let's always assume that bill belichick tom brady josh mcdaniels and the boys are going to be able to figure out when it matters most real football for them doesn't start till after thanksgiving we still have a couple weeks for that and the number one team In the ESPN rankings, the San Francisco 49ers, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G, Richard Sherman, George Kittle, Emmanuel Sanders, Hyde, the whole team over there is hot. That team is playing good football, but, and I say this every single time, Arizona Cardinals took them to task, 28-25, came back late, yeah, it was a lot closer than the entire game, I get it, but that Niners team, with an incredible player in Bosa. Probably going to be the rookie MVP. Conversation of potential MVP talk for him. 
That team is very, very good. They have not been tested yet. But on Monday Night Football, they play the Seattle Seahawks. I'll be excited to watch this game. I think ESPN's got a good one in San Fran on Monday night. Pumped to see what we got from the Niners. Congrats to them for being the number one ranked NFL team right now by ESPN. And good for all the teams for trying their best out there. Except for the Cincinnati Bengals, Miami Dolphins, and Redskins and Jets. It's tough for me to take those serious, but hey. I like to know where everybody's sitting at in other people's eyes. Got a lot of foosball left. Can't wait to see what happens. Also, if I were you, there's something I would do stat immediately, promptly, ASAP. What's that one word that I used on a broadcast? Post haste. Expeditiously. There's something I would do with all those words. Those are all synonyms for right the fuck now. I would start a new monthly routine that'll upgrade your life and style with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every single month. So whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every single part of your life, Zito. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every single month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Right now, you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HEARTLAND, for 20% off your first box. It's like a, it's like a Christmas gift every single month. It just shows up at the house, shows up at the office, shows up at the doorstep with a bunch of things that you would never ever get yourself. But whenever they show up in your life, you're like, huh, happy I have that. And you're already getting $25 worth of shit. It's 45 bucks for or $70 worth of stuff and an extra 20% off when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code Heartland. You won't regret it. We haven't regretted it. The only thing that I'm regretting right now is that I haven't been to sleep yet. I should have gone to bed already. It's been a long day. It's been a great day. But we're very thankful you choose to listen to this show. Right now, I'll give away, let's say, a $250 Visa card. I gave away one last week. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. You send us a tweet that makes us laugh. I'll give you $250 gift card. Visa card. Whatever it is. Has to be in... Nick Marado's eyes. <laughs> There's a Kawhi Leonard video in the background. You make us laugh like that. You win $250 Visa card. Zito's off to a hot start for myself, Ty Schmidt, Evan Foxy, Nick Marado, and all of us at PMI. You're the absolute best. Cheers. We will see you manana. Ty Schmidt, play some Jason McAfee. <laughs>